But, uh, okay, so I'm going to go with 350 feet. 360. Not too big to make it awkward, but big enough to get the job done. Man, you're just, you're making it so hard. Um, That's oh, what she said. God. I stepped into that. <laughs> uh, okay, for, what's the 400 one? everybody and welcome back to another episode of kaiju weekly the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies i am your host travis and back from being locked in the basement is my co-host michael i'm back baby (laughs) um michael so how was it in the basement dark cold and really really smelly but i'm not 100 sure where the smell was coming from uh i'm assuming it was coming from me since i hadn't showered in a few days but i'm not 100 percent sure <laughs> uh so uh <laughs> we, we anybody who didn't listen to last week's episode knows that uh, uh doesn't know that you were gone uh from last week's episode but we're glad that you're back we also have a another guest host because this entire month has just been guest after guest after guest (laughs) it has been it's been a lot of fun though yeah it has uh we have brandon from the fake nerds podcast hello how are you doing Hey, Brandon, brandon how are you doing i'm doing okay guys i'm doing okay i'm happy to be here i'm really stoked to talk about this movie nice oh yeah, yeah we're super excited we're super excited to have you here uh we couldn't think of anybody more perfect to have on this episode than you and of course we've had all the other fake nerds on our podcast this month well uh, not so all not, not all we, you're we right not all one we did miss one um, we did and we, we did. will make sure he gets on on another episode uh and if on a future episode but yeah we got three of the four hosts from fake nerds on to the podcast this month uh we squeezed them all in so <laughs> but we have but we have the head nerd with us this episode though travis the the head oh, fake nerd. yeah <laughs> the head fake nerd. i do call myself the executive producer which is a title that means nothing <laughs> <laughs> nice uh so for anyone who didn't listen to the uh, best and worst mech episode or the evangelion gillian uh episode brandon do you want to talk a little bit about fake nerds and also introduce yourself and what you do of course if there's anything i like more than talking about giant monsters it is talking about my podcast <laughs> um i run uh with four other with three other people as we mentioned the fake nerd podcast network uh which is a large network and growing larger by the day of uh shows starting with the fake nerd podcast which is our main show i call it the mothership show uh we go live every sundays um and i think after we start recording in person we will keep going live every sunday so stay tuned for that Mm -hmm. um we've just been doing remote recording for now Mm-hmm. um this coming let's see i know when this is coming out so i think we're talking about 
Nope, I have no idea what we're talking about. But we have just talked about Cruella and A Quiet Place. Ooh, um, nice. So that's... so. Yeah, so stay tuned for for those episodes probably up by the time you listen to this. We also have our Fake Nerds Watch series. We are currently on hiatus there because Loki isn't out yet, and we're going to do Loki when that's coming. Mm-hmm. That is that is an episode-by-episode episode breakdown show where we go through every episode of a TV show as it airs, and we put out basically an after show. Um, Basement Arcade, which is our Let's Play show, that's currently off the air because of scheduling conflicts, but that's coming back soon. Basement Arcade Pause Menu is Ben's show. That's kind of his main uh thing right now where he just did an episode with the top loader which is a uh podcaster in australia about man do i do i really know what this is about hold on it is about video game collecting video games are not my expertise so he he deals with that interesting now i have to ask you brandon yes why where did the name fake nerds uh, come from well you can you can thank Zack snyder for that Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> if you yep. can thank Zack Snyder for anything, you can thank him for that. <laughs> I've always, I feel like we covered, I feel like we covered that maybe when we were on your show, we, we talked about the magazine, but uh, I wanted to ask, cause I've always been curious where like the name fake nerd, the fake nerd podcast came from. But now that you say Zack Snyder, it all makes sense now. Well, so one of the yeah. things that I, one of the, I used to work at a comic book store um, and at the comic book store, you hear a lot about like gatekeeping and it, it's not as prevalent anymore, which is really great. But there was a lot of people who are like, there are fake nerd girls. The girls can't be nerds. They have to be fake. They're, they're fake nerds. Um, I never bought mm. into that. I always hated that idea. Sure. Mm. So the initial name of the podcast was the fake nerd guys. Okay. So we were kind of riffing off the idea that there are just no such thing as a fake nerd girl. Uh, there are oftentimes such thing as fake nerd guys. Um, and then it just kind of evolved into the fake nerd podcast and the Zack Snyder connection comes in because when he was so upset that nobody liked man of steel, he Mm -hmm. said, if you know the true canon, if you know the true Superman, you wouldn't be upset. (laughs) Yep. I remember that. (laughs) So it's, so it's sort of like, um, to bring it back to the, to the area that we are most involved in. It's sort of like when Michael Daugherty, director of King of the Monsters said, you're not a true fan. Yes. Until yeah. uh, what is it? Tra- what was the line, Travis? He was talking I about. Uh, let's see. Because. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It says uh, there has to be a sprinkle of. Let's see. Otherwise, let's see. The Titans we learn are awakened from their slumber because the planet is on the collision course with self-destruction. It wouldn't be a true Godzilla film if you didn't touch upon those things, says Daughtery. Uh Otherwise, you're just making a big dumb monster movie. There has to be a sprinkle of it. Hmm. Otherwise, you're not being faithful to the original intent of the series anyone who thinks otherwise is not a true godzilla fan yeah that's uh, that, that. okay i, mean, I couldn't Same. remember the quote but i remember I, I remember where it came from yeah I, yeah i'm pretty it, passionate about the idea that fake nerds don't exist so it's kind of an ironic thing i'm totally there with you too brandon because uh I, i've been a lifelong um comic book fan too and uh and yeah it is one of those things that you hear a lot of people talk about well you're just a fake fan or you're not a true mm-hmm. fan if you don't do this or you don't like this if you haven't read this or haven't you know read all of uh chris claremont's x-men you know and it's like uh excuse me that went on for like 
40 years um so so yeah it's it is one of those it is one of those things that and i like that you kind of have reclaimed the idea of being a fake nerd of like hey you know well one thing all of this is fake like like godzilla doesn't exist superman doesn't exist so we're all fake nerds because we're all nerds of things that are fake (laughs) we try to we try to be very clear that it's it's if you're a fan of if you're a fan of anything on any level if you like anything on any level you're a fan there is no such thing as uh tears of fandom there's no such thing as fake fans you if if you like loki because you watched avengers and that's it guess what you're a loki fan i don't care mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's great and uh and yeah so we anybody who is interested in pop culture stuff is interested in nerdy things go check out the fake nerds podcast we've been saying that for three weeks now um because we've <laughs> had we've had three separate guests on from there but but it, it it really is a lot of fun and if you guys ever need another nerdy guest host this soon <clears throat> uh <laughs> choose me and not travis if i oh. if i may <laughs> if i may plug one more one more show on the fake nerd network um there's a new show that i do called conversation it is a solo show this project that's just my that's just mine um, okay where i talk to podcasters about fandom um and their experiences with fandom before and after their podcasts um it's been really great there's 10 episodes out right now 11 episodes actually now um the 12th one will be coming out after this episode airs um okay and i've gotten some really great podcasters coming up is actually record all monsters which i don't know if you're familiar with them mm-hmm. we are yes um i you guys have an open invite to come on that show as well nice sure nice. i mean absolutely sounds like a lot of fun thank you yeah yeah definitely absolutely uh and i was just thinking about you said you uh you guys had just talked about cruella and a quiet place and those two movies could not be more different (laughs) so you guys we've actually already talked about Uh uh-huh sorry we've already we've actually already talked about a quiet place um we did fake reviews when the pandemic started and one of them was of a quiet place part two so it's been the second time technically that and that was such a brilliant idea of of like hey yeah, these movies are delayed so <laughs> these movies are delayed so we're going to pretend like we watched them and reviewed them <laughs> yeah that was fun we're when and we still do that with uh james bond because it still hasn't come out yet <laughs> oh i know my god all right well we can get into the episode now um so we don't have any news to cover so we're not going to be queuing the bdbd um but what we are going to do is just like i did last week with our guest ryan uh we are going to play a game and instead of it being a game like i did last week which was him trying to guess between whether the movie i listed was from the filmography of ano hideaki ano or werner herzog uh which was hilarious because i love werner herzog uh it went to baby um we are going to do, take a personality test Oh no, not this again. Come on. I know. We had so no. 
We had so much fun doing it with Monster Hunter, a franchise that we have no idea about <laughs> because we've <laughs> never played the games. I've never even watched the movie. So, uh, oh, it's so bad. I, it's so bad. <laughs> it's just em- it's empty calories. Monster Hunter is empty calories. I, I, if I remember right, I got uh laryngitis as your uh, as as um, as the monster that i i am from monster hunter and La- wait hang on laryngitis i thought it was i thought wait hang on i thought yours was leonidas or whatever what, or what, leonidas. what the hell was what or something it's i don't like, know did what you just th- get a disease while we were here long long, long brightest <laughs> long brightest uh and you and i think you were barack obama uh <laughs> that's what we ended up saying. i don't think these are monster names <laughs> i don't well i mean i'm not not going there but okay uh, very, uh very, very, I, it was something with a bear so i was like barack obama barack obama uh, real quickly, uh, we did a episode recently about every video game movie ever made, um, just the live action ones in America, uh, from 1993 to 2020. And we started with Mar- Super Mario Brothers and ended with Monster Hunter. And that was a wild ride of just garbage. <laughs> I don't oh, recommend sounds- doing that. <laughs> oh, it, oh, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. That now, I to, have to- a fondness for the original. For the original Mario Brothers movie, but I, yeah, I could, it doesn't hold up. But Monster starting, Hunter is so terrible. Starting with uh, Super Mario Brothers, it's like starting at the very bottom of the of the roller coaster and then going Ooh, up, 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 up with Tomb Raider yeah. and maybe some Mortal Kombat and then Street Fighter and then it's like, oh no, now we're going downhill again with uh, uh what's uh, Assassin's Creed and. <laughs> Yeah, it, it there's so many there's so many ones that are just terrible. We and we had a good streak good streak going with like the new Tomb Raider and Warcraft and Detective Pikachu and then like Monster Hunter just like tanked it. And you just <laughs> ending with Monster Hunter is just so d- depressing. Oh man. Well, I'm looking forward to covering it next month uh cuz that's when we're going to be covering it <laughs> on this podcast cuz <laughs> cuz we uh haven't gotten to it yet uh yeah so uh the the quiz that we are taking the personality quiz is which kaiju would you be from pacific rim which is going to be fun because i don't remember what most of these kaiju are (laughs) i have i have the toys okay oh nice you might have yourself as a toy then that'd be cool (laughs) nice all right, so the first question out of 12. So we got to get through this. Um, what role do you fill in your friend group? Are you brutally honest? The outsider? The clown friend? Short but loud friend? Stylish friend? Leader? Or mom friend? Brutally honest. Oh, man. I don't know if I'm any, I guess outcast. I, I consider myself the outcast, but I don't think anybody else would describe me as that. <laughs> but I'd say outcast. That's how, that's how I felt too. I'm like, I don't know if anybody else would call me an outcast, but I feel like an outcast. All right. So Brandon, you are outsider. Michael, you are really honest. Um, yeah. Uh, Michael, you can cut out the in-between the question stuff to kind of speed along I, I'm, I I'm will to, yeah, I'm I'll, no, no. To, I'll, 
No editing this. This is raw. This is raw. <laughs> I'm having this to is go raw, guys. Three, <laughs> I'm having to go between three tabs. So the so and this try is to keep them all this straight. is how real podcasting gets made. <laughs> Just throw. Just make sure. That, just make sure the background noise is is cut down to a minimum, and just let whatever happens happens. Exactly, Everything. man. Let them let them, make the make the pauses even longer. <laughs> <laughs> longer and more awkward. Yes. Yeah. Just. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so so next question: What is your zodiac sign? I had to look this one up because I didn't know. I don't care about zodiac signs. So, Scorpio. Uh, Sagittarius. Okay, Scorpio for Brandon. Sagittarius for Michael. And uh, I'm Pisces. All right. Uh, question three. If you could live in any Pacific city, not specific, Pacific, uh, which is funny because uh, Brandon does live on the Pacific coast. Um, if you could live on any Pacific city, which one would it be? San Francisco, Anchorage, Hong Kong, or none of these? Oh, if I had to pick those, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong sounds like a lot of fun. I'll go with Hong Kong. I picked San Francisco. I, I would love to live in San Francisco if it was cheap. Like if I could, that would be the place. I'm assuming there's an there's enough Americans in Hong Kong where it's not going to be a huge issue. Oh no, no yeah, Hong Kong. Hong Kong's great. You can go to Hong Kong. They they have a lot of English speakers in Hong Kong. It's not even Americans. It's just like a lot of people in Hong Kong speak English. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt, too. I've lived so close to San Francisco my whole life. I'm good. Yeah, see, I've never been out to California before. This, uh, yeah, I've, that's my thing. I've never been to California, so I would, uh, living in San Francisco sounds fun. <laughs> that's um, true. Oh, that's fair. I mean, if you haven't, if you don't know it, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Um, okay, question four. Now, this is, this is a fun one. Uh, how tall are you? Are you 200 feet, 270 feet, 300 feet, 315 feet, 360 feet, 440 feet, or 600 feet? Jesus. Uh, I mean, okay. Um, so I've always assumed that bigger is always better. Oh. That's what she said. Uh, Keep telling yourself. That. <laughs> uh, uh, oh boy, no! This is no. This is a family show. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, Brandon, we are tr we do try to be family friendly on here, just so you know. Because um, I, I forgot, I had to warn. Uh, Ryan and Ben both, <laughs> and I keep forgetting to warn our guests ahead of time. Our uh, show is PG thirteen as well. Our show is PG thirteen as well. So, yeah, yes. we try. Uh, sometimes a blue friendly. word will sneak out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, so I'm gonna go with three hundred and fifty feet. Three hundred and sixty. Not too big to make it awkward. But big enough to get the job done. Man, you're just, you're making it so hard. Um, 
That's oh. what she said. God. I stepped into that. <laughs> uh, okay, four, what's the 400 one? Uh, 440. I'll do that one. Okay. And I went with 600 because I am over six foot in real life, so. Uh, I mean, I, I am too. Should I have done that? It's fine. It's too late. <laughs> I now. mean, this is such a weird question. It's like, how do you answer? I'm like, uh, just whatever. Just pull it out. Pull it out of your, you know what? Uh, okay. Um, pick a musical artist out of the these ones. You don't have any other options, but these ones. Trust me. Uh, I'd say that to Michael because I know you're not gonna like the ones that are on here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mother Mother, Carly Rae Jepsen, Imagine Dragons, Daft Punk, Coldplay, AJJ, or The Mountain Goats. I don't know who. I mean, any, I like. I know who Daft Punk and Imagine I Dragons like are. I like uh, Coldplay, so I'm going to go to Coldplay. Okay. Yeah, I do know who Coldplay is, too. But, uh, <laughs> you don't but, know yeah, who but, Carly Rae Jepsen is? Yeah, I sort of. She's the one that did um, "Call Me Maybe." I, to be fair, oh. I don't know that either. Um, yeah, I'll do. Yeah. I'll do Daft, you don't know I'll who do the mountain. Punk. I like that punk. You don't know who the mountain goats are. No. <laughs> like I have, I have never I, heard of the mountain goats. I've never heard of them. Um, I. You know, it's funny. Is. Daft Punk is one of those bands that are groups, whatever you want to call them, but um, you, they... I've I've never really sat down and listened to any of their music. I know they, they've had music in, like, um, soundtracks for, for movies, so I've heard it through that, but I've never sat down and actually just listened to their stuff, but I really like sure. their creativity and, like, their costuming and everything. Like, I've seen them when, they, when they're accepting awards at shows and stuff, and they're always such a interesting couple of guys uh yeah and yeah kinda, i, I agree I, they I really up. like their tron legacy soundtrack yeah, yeah that's, that's super the one sad. i, I hate that. that oh yeah yeah <laughs> all right let's see right. um how much do you like toxic by britney spears <laughs> <laughs> this is an actual personality test on here. I'm not joking. On a scale of one to one. Uh, on a scale uh, of what? It's uh, it's not no. the best. It's okay. It's pretty good. A lot. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Like I, when it comes on, you kind of know the words, and it has a it has a beat to it. So yeah, I mean it's it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I know it's okay too. Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, so, okay, you said it's okay. Next. It's okay. Let's see. Next. Uh, it's okay. You know, the, the weird thing about this personality test is usually you can kind of pinpoint where each of these questions is going, but I have no clue. Yeah, I have there no There will idea. be a question like that. There will be a question like like that later on because there is one that specifically asks you basically what kind of kaiju would you like to be, um, and it's like okay because I ha ah, I, te gotcha. I was testing this out to make sure it was going to be uh, something that we could use for the podcast. So I have tested this. Um, <laughs> so uh, here's one for you, Michael. Uh, what Power Ranger would you be? Green, Black Ranger, Pink Ranger, Yellow Don't even Ranger. Have to 
red ranger, green ranger, or blue ranger? Do it does not include the white ranger. Green. 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 Ah, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. Green. We, I know. We, we all know you love Jason David Frank so much. Uh, I do. I stand Jason David Frank. Oh, <laughs> uh, Brandon, which which Power Ranger would you be? <laughs> which era Power Ranger? Uh, this is talking about the original because that's Mighty, the colors that they listed. Mighty, yeah, Mighty Morphin. Morphin. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I I know I. I it is really unfair that they just said Power Ranger because it's like there are so many different versions of Power Ranger. But I'm I'm assuming this is written by people who only know about Mighty Morphin and the colors that they list yeah. are the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> we were we talk about this every now and then how much of a game changer it was in just television in general when when the Green Rangers showed up and Power Rangers. Um, that was such a revolutionary thing in my childhood so i kind of feel inclined to go green but i'm i'm, I'm a my favorite color is blue but i always kind of like the red ranger so i don't know what to say <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm gonna go no with red i'm gonna the split the difference ranger. go with red okay uh, hey i love kimberly but like i love hey. kimberly <laughs> she was my first crush not gonna lie yeah like for real well we took a personality her test the, her- with Kim uh, with Kim from uh, Kaiju Kim uh, and the personality test said that Michael was the Black Ranger. It's oh. true. I can see but that. I, I was because I didn't. <laughs> I know. I know. You like to rub it in, but it's only because I don't have an affinity for flannel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that flannel and ponytails that, that kind of, you know, takes you out of the running for green. yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i mean that that fad kind of passed me by I, I quit wearing flannel back in the back in the early 2000s so and the one earring <laughs> uh, never had an earring no so uh the next question is in an ideal scenario an ideal scenario how many eyes would you have two three four or oh six <laughs> Can I can hmm. I place them and do they have to be in the front of my head or can they be all over? I guess you get to pick in an ideal scenario. You get to pick wherever they go. <laughs> I'm gonna say four, like two for the sides, one for the front, and then one for the back, so you can see it all. You can have a 360 view of what's going on. So I'm gonna say four. One for the sides? How do you get one for the sides? Uh, you mean one on like, both sides? Right, one on both sides, dude. Come on, pay attention. Get with the program. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so you have two in the front, two on the side. No, 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 no. I have one on the left. No, one on the left, one on the right, one in the front, one in the back. I'm covered. Oh, oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, okay. It took me a minute to figure it out. I'm just, I'm sitting here like drawing a diagram. Like, wait, how do you, where, where are the eyes going? <laughs> where, where would the eyes go? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, okay. What are the options? Two, four, what? Two, three, four, or six. Two, three, four, six. I'm gonna say three. Three eyes. Because I like the I like the forehead eye. Oh yeah, the forehead eye. Uh, I don't even know. Um, what a ridiculous question. <laughs> yeah, they're all ridiculous <laughs> questions. Well, what's so funny is that some of these questions are like asking you as a human. 
like oh what's what's your zodiac sign oh what's you know what power ranger would you like to be and then some of them are like if you were a kaiju how tall would you be <laughs> how many eyes would you have it's such a Jesus. weird it's like it goes from like l- jumps from left to right so much that it's like <laughs> i don't i can't follow uh i'm gonna go with three too because i do like the idea of the forehead eye i don't know it doesn't really like serve a like tactical purpose but it's just cool yeah it just looks cool um what's your favorite go-to snack uh is it humans buildings or jaegers (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) humans um more meat on them I'm gonna say human. I'm gonna say humans as well because I I do like protein. Um, I I eat an I get enough iron in my diet already, so no Jaegers. And I feel like uh, eating buildings would just make me bloated. So I'm gonna go with humans. I am podcasting with a couple of really scary people because I went with Jaegers. <laughs> uh, although Jaegers you have people be Jaeger. in them. <laughs> You gotta really work to get to the juicy center. And really, yeah. like if you think about it, human if we're if we're actual kaiju, humans would be more of a snack than say a Jaeger or a building because Jaegers and buildings would be more of a meal because they're because they're bigger. So snacks would technically just be humans. That's true. You could pop just pop them like popcorn. Just... L- look, I I just like... binged watched three seasons of Attack on Titan <clears throat> in the last like week. And I don't think the human mind was meant to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So when I hear eating humans, I get like, oh, flashbacks to (laughs) watching Attack on Titan. Uh, Something I said I would never do. I would I, I, I went on record as saying I would never, ever, ever watch that show. Uh, because I watched the first like 10, 10 minutes and then it, and it made me so squeamish that I'm like, no, I don't want to watch that. Uh, but then somebody told me that the first 10 minutes and the, or the first, the first episode is the worst when it comes to just the outright gruesomeness. Uh, the rest of the show is not like, is not as bad. Uh, and that it actually is an interesting mystery and story. And so I started watching it. I'm like, oh yeah, this actually does have an interesting mystery. I'm probably not going to watch the fourth season though. Three seasons was enough for me. After binge <clears throat> watching three seasons, I'm like, I gotta watch. I gotta watch some Looney Tunes. I, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta watch some Looney Tunes. This is so. Oh. I, I switched over to watching Modoc because I'm like, it just. It's. I need something that makes me laugh. Well, I need please. to see that. Modoc. End, end your night on something a little. Go ahead. A little, just end your night on something a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, Modoc is absolutely hilarious. It is. So I've only watched the first episode, but I was laughing so hard during that first episode. I'm probably gonna start it tonight, actually, when uh, when we're done here. There are so many quotable lines, like like don't worry, Modoc will take care of you. Modoc will save you all. Wait, we're being invaded. Die for me! <laughs> it's so. It's just such a great, great. It's like it's like. Is that thing okay? It's like it's fine. It's like it's scratching. Kill me, please, in the linoleum. It's okay. <laughs> That's good. 
would you like to pet would would you like to pet uh mr waffles the therapy bunny again <laughs> just it's there's so many next things. next question okay next yeah, question that's what i'm saying you gotta cut some of that stuff out michael you're gonna have some editing work to do <laughs> i know that travis that's why i'm trying to keep you on track yeah this look, is podcasting look. Best line from Modoc, real quick. <laughs> it's idiotic to put a condom on the the horse penis that is my mind. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh sweet God! Okay. <laughs> that's the cold open. There we go. Uh, Just no. for shits and giggles, that's the cold open. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a quote from a show, so anybody who's watched the show would know. <laughs> oh man so anyway uh question 10 of 12 we're almost through come on um what is your weakness is it the throat the stomach horn extrusions unknown in interior of second mouth spine or lack of backup they do not include daddy issues what the hell now that needs to be you're gonna have to go through those again That needs to be the cold open. Uh-huh. They don't include daddy issues. <laughs> um, <laughs> the throat, the stomach, uh-huh. horns, your horn extrusions, uh, unknown, mm-hmm. you don't know what your weakness is, interior of second mouth, spine, or lack of backup. Hmm. I'm going to say unknown. I'm going to I'm going to say I'm also you know what I'm going to say the interior of my second mouth just because okie dokie I'm trying to think of Uh, which kaijus have a second mouth uh the one at the end um I guess so yeah the crocodile thing yeah yeah um, I guess so. mine is lack of backup because those cowards didn't come to my aid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... You should be able to take care of yourself, Travis. <laughs> Cold. <laughs> All right, number eleven. Pick an. I animal. don't have to. Okay. Pick an animal, Michael. Is it lizard, dinosaur, crocodile, rhino, hammerhead shark, goblin shark, or gorilla? Dinosaur. Those are your options. I mean, dinosaur. Like, why would you? Why would you even ask? That's a dinosaur, man. Is a dinosaur an animal? We can't. We've already been. No, we're not going down this road. We've already been. We've already had the dinosaur discussion before, Travis. We're not starting this discussion this far into this quiz of ridiculous questions already. (laughs) Well, okay, no, we, Michael, we had the discussion of do do the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park count as monsters? I'm asking, do real dinosaurs count as animals? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. I was just curious. Because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Exactly. We are animals. Human beings are animals. That's true. That's true. Yes. And birds and birds are direct descendants of dinosaurs and birds are animals. So there we go. Okie dokie. All right. Logic. Oh, yeah. Logic. Um, So where does your power. Did you guys ever see Back to the Future? Sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you guys ever see the Back to the Future animated series episode where they would go back in time and screw up the timeline so they come back and everyone and everyone's a dinosaur? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, no, yes. I, 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 yes. I keep forgetting that me and Brandon watch the same YouTuber and the same podcaster um, on. The, yes, we do. <laughs> and that's how we met. I keep forgetting that that's how we met. <laughs> yeah, we met on the on the on that group. Yeah, the Planet Planet Broadcasting Group. So, uh, shout out to them. <laughs> uh, so, uh, where does your power come from? I say that because he did an episode. Uh, uh, a review of that episode of <laughs> that's fun. yeah i remember yeah. <laughs> um where does your power come from extendable head the power of surprise powerful horns <laughs> leathery reptilian scaling knife shaped head flight or armor like skin i'm gonna have to bleep this out surprise yeah i'm gonna say surprise too because that's just great <laughs> That's just great. I love the idea of just, that's a power. I don't know how you're going to edit that, Michael. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I should. Have... No, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. It was too, it was too good to pass up. That's, that's easy to bleep you... you just put a bleeping noise. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's tr it's true it's true i'll bleep it out travis don't worry i have all a bleep right button. okay i have a we, hot don't worry i have a hot button we got three different kaiju so none, none of us are the same yes cool so that's that's interesting um so starting with brandon you are and it doesn't give any kind of um description or anything like that it just gives me a picture and the name is trespasser oh okay uh, yeah that's the first one yeah okay. trespasser, i think it's yeah it's the one that attacks uh san francisco yeah in uh in the in the opening of the movie in 2013 yeah yes it's, it's got a big like axe head <laughs> yeah uh yeah so that's that that is you brandon do you have a toy of that one <laughs> N ooh, ooh, uh, trespasser? No, I have Knifehead and Mudivore. Ah, okay. Well, mm, then you have a toy of Michael because he is Knifehead. Cool. Yeah! Nice. I was hoping for Slattern, but I'll take Knifehead. Slattern's uh, cool. Knife Knifehead, for anybody who's not aware, if you've seen the movie, is the one that uh, Riley and his brother are fighting when his brother dies. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, he kills Yancey. Yep. Uh, it is, uh, so it, it, it's a really cool looking design, especially in the, in the picture here. That, that is an unfortunate, that is an unfortunate part of my history. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it yeah, had to Michael. be done. Yeah, Michael. Uh, I know. Uh, I am now canceled because. <laughs> You've always been canceled. <laughs> uh, so... well, I destroyed Oakland. So it was there. Oh, yeah. nobody cares about Oakland, though. <laughs> you destroyed the Golden Gate Bridge, which gets destroyed in every movie, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't count either. Um, So, which one? What was the other one that you said you wanted, you were hoping for, Michael? 
I was hoping for Slattern, but I guarantee you, you probably got Slattern. I got Slattern. <laughs> of course. Uh, the <laughs> only Category 5 that we see in the movie uh, and has the, like, uh, tentacle tail things and the massive, massive hammerhead shark-looking head. So, yep, yeah, he's cool. That is, that, that is me. Oh, I also have... Um... I also have Leatherback as a toy. Oh, yeah. Leatherback was good. I, I, I had Leatherback, and then I sold my Leatherback to buy something else. Was because it, I, had the, I had the X-Plus version of Leatherback. Was, Leatherback. It, was it drugs? No, it wasn't drugs. It was actually... It, no, it was actually... Uh, uh, it was actually a, my... Uh, it was actually my King Ghidorah. Uh, that I sold so that I could get uh, that I sold the leatherback for to get King Ghidorah. So, so it was like oh, drugs. So yeah, it's sort of, yeah, collecting is sort of like drugs. Yeah, except it doesn't do bodily harm to you. It just does harm to your wallet. Um, I don't know. I, I nearly wallet. hurt myself trying to lift this giant Funko purple monkey that I've got because my goodness I did not so so I got I that's got beca the... that's because you're weak Travis <laughs> I did not expect <laughs> just just throwing this out there I did not expect this Funko of the uh, King, uh Kong Godzilla versus Kong the Kong City Light lights um, which is kind of a purplish color I ordered it pre-ordered mm -hmm. it finally got it didn't get the Godzilla one I want my big scaly boy Somebody give me my big scaly boy. Um, but the Kong, I, I just, I was like, because I know what Funko's, like the size of a Funko is. And I knew this one was going to be bigger. I didn't know it was going to be that much bigger. This thing's huge. Yeah, they're heavy. Yeah, they're heavy. I have the 10 inch Godzilla and he's heavy. Yeah, I have. Funko, I, Funko I'm not crazy about the Jumbo Pops, the 10 inchers. So I, I get the, I've got the normal size four inches of the. And they got Godzilla's some heft to the them. Kong. Yeah, yeah, they got they got some heft to them. They're they're solid. Yeah, I've they never really been are. a huge fan of Surprised. Funko Pops in general, but I wanted to get these because you know, of, of course, these are really cool looking, and so I wanted to get these. And I just did not expect the really <laughs> to get for it to be that big. I was like, oh, okay. I have, I have the original Godzilla Funko Pop, the really old one that they put out ages ago. Oh, oh nice! Wow. Okay. Yeah. the 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 monochrome one or the blue and uh, the blue one? Not the not either of those. It's just a normal gray. Mm. Um. Yeah. So that was a that was a fun personality test that we took. Um, yeah. I I mean already, it was, yeah. I've already forgotten who I was. Slathern. 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 Yeah. Slathery. The, the good one. Michael Slathery. Slathery. Trevor Slathery. <laughs> Slater. I'm Slater. That's who I am. <laughs> no, you're not Slater. Well, maybe. You could be Slater. You do, you both have curly hair, so. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, the quiz kind of spoiled what our topic is. But then, I mean, you can always look at the, the title of the episode and see what our topic is. So, uh, but yeah, we're getting I was going to say, that's kind of... That's that's kind of spoiled. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're getting into our main topic uh, this week, which is, of course, Pacific Rim from 2013. Uh, we like to ask trivia questions to hint to what each episode is about um, on the following week, and uh, the 
trivia question I asked last week was the anime slash manga Tetsujin Nijuhachi Go was a direct influence on what 2013 film? And we give shout outs to everyone who answers, whether they give us a correct answer, a wrong answer, or a funny answer. So I'm going to read through some of the answers that we got. Um, so we got from Damon Noez, Noise. Uh, he said, now nah, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to say this. Uh, Sabacius, Sabacius, Crustal Sabacius, yeah, Sabacius. Something like that? Uh, Sebequius? Uh, Sebequius. We'll go with Sebequius. Crystal Rift, Robots and Monsters Ignore the Square Cube Law. <laughs> uh, that's a really good one. Because, yeah, uh, the fact that they are that giant should not work in, you know, <laughs> in the real world based on the Square Cube Law. Uh, and then alex cornett who and i don't know if he was referring to the trivia question or the one that damon noah's uh noise uh had said but he said this sentence is nonsense (laughs) (laughs) it's not nonsense alex it makes perfect sense the anime slash manga tetsujin niju hachi go was a direct influence on what 2013 film it is that simple uh jimmy from nasa uh said nasada nasada uh said jet jaguar the movie Mm, close i don't know if that's that close (laughs) okay look if jet jaguar the movie was done like pacific rim heck yeah heck yeah i i what you guys know you guys don't oh, want an awesome jet jaguar <laughs> i mean i kind of do but jet jaguar jet is not necessarily my favorite he's not really a mech yeah uh, he's a robot yeah but he's full a, on. a robot is not a mech no but 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 like if you put jet jaguar and had him fight kaiju the way that the pacific rim mechs did it would be awesome just tearing through Hong get, Kong and throwing like big tanker ships. <laughs> I guess so. I'm, we'll see how Ultra how Shin Ultraman does. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, no, I, I do still kind of like the kind of mini uh, stubby legged Jet Jaguar from from uh, the new anime. <laughs> you know, I am so happy that he actually has legs now. Oh, spoiler! Sorry, yeah, spoiler. Jet Jaguar in singular point. I, Sorry, spoiler, Jet Jaguar actually has normal legs now in Singular Point because oh, I've been I, watching it. But I miss the little gorilla legs. The little gorilla I, legs. I'm, were I'm so seeing cool. it. I'm waiting till it till it hits the States. Yeah, I, I'm I not going to give like spoiler spoilers, but hey, it's OK. That spoiler was not as bad as what Ben did when he talked to you guys about Gurren Logan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, although although to be fair. He convinced me to watch it. <laughs> True, like, but he should. But he shouldn't have said. But he he should have made sure the the spoiler warning. Hey, I'm going to spoil the ending of the show. Elijah sent us the answer Yeti Rim, which was the same thing he sent for uh, Pacific Rim Wait. Black. 
Never mind. I gotta keep. Never mind. I gotta yes, keep this family friendly. Yes, never mind. I know. <laughs> nope. I, know. I gotta keep it. Fam- I gotta keep it family friendly. I it's, know. It was such a bad idea I, to post a trivia question on Twitter that had I'm the one ram in it. I'm oh. wondering. <laughs> I'm wondering if it. I wonder if he's if he resubmitted the answer because I bleeped him out last week. Oh yeah, you might have. You might have. Yeah, I know you did, but yeah, it might maybe. Uh, so Yeti Rim, but he also sent. I guess I'll a- just have to. I guess I'll just have to bleep him out again this week. <laughs> so uh, he also <laughs> sent in the robots that fit the monsters from Don Onda, the movie. That was not a good Australian accent. I don't no, think it no, was supposed no to be Australian. Ones in the movie. I know. I, okay, so if it's supposed to be Australian, then it's the robots that uh, the fat the monsters from Dananda, the movie. That sounds <laughs> a little that's, German. Yeah, it, well, that, that sounds very. That sounds very that's German. Robots, that's robots that fight the monsters from Dananda, the movie. That's pretty good for a German accent. I don't, if you were still trying to do Australian, you sucked. But uh, but German. Well, no, no, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, but what's? I mean, I'm just I'm I'm like I I could probably do a decent Australian accent because I listen to so many Australian podcasters. But I'm trying to read what Elijah has phonetically here, which is da robots dot feet. The monsters from Don Under the movie. <laughs> Maybe he's doing a Werner Herzog. Da, da. Maybe he's doing. We should Werner move Herzog. on from this one. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, we should probably move before on we start one. offending some people. <laughs> Too late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Everyone is offended. <laughs> uh, Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault uh, said cancel culture attacks the apocalypse which is very clever because of the the line in the movie the thing he says the thing yeah okay i guess i don't know (laughs) we're canceling the apocalypse oh hold on forever it's a good thing it is i'm getting an alert on my phone uh uh oh it's from the apocalypse i'll just cancel it that's right jesus oh I, no, I thought is, seri- I thought that, you were seriously. That's the point, Michael. <laughs> if it was obvious, then it would have ruined the joke. <laughs> uh, that needs to be the cold open. <laughs> In- instead, I ruined the joke. What, what you should what you should do is every single time you've said that needs to be the cold open should be the cold open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as many times as we say that. Well, we, we we say that so that while we're editing, we're like, okay, this is the cold open. We can uh, cut this out and put it up in the front. I know. I, <laughs> that, I, I that's that's I why the, I do I did the same thing. I did the like, same thing on um, conversation. It's like, note to self, this is the cold open. Put it in the front. <laughs> All right. Uh, Crystal Lady Jessica sent us a Gigantor 2 Judgment Day. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Creative. Which, All, right. All right. Which, by the way, Tetsujin Niju Haji Go Niju Haji Go um, is uh, uh, Tetsujin Niju Haji Go is uh, Gigantor Two. It's the it's the re 
I guess, remake of Gigantor. Uh, I don't know if they count as a remake or a continuation. I don't know, but that's what that is. Uh, so she translated, essentially translated the the what the Japanese title is that I read out. Um, mm. Nick Blackler said, uh, and Nick always gives us funny answers. Uh, <laughs> Nick said, Jimmy Sparks and Dick Strong star in the buddy cop comedy of the year, Dick Sparks. Movie poster was taken down by Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> i can understand why uh, i would watch a dick sparks movie wait a minute um movie you know on. what dick sparks actually sounds like dick sparks sounds like a pretty good like old old um pulpy private eye it does it really does dick sparks it, do, it does it does it, i agree it does i get it um I mean, it's it, it works. It works as I both. I mean, a, a uh, dick was a private uh, eye back in the day. That's what they called them. They were private dicks. I'm gonna write right. that, that. I'm gonna write that down. Actually, Dick Sparks. Yeah. <laughs> not my favorite. It's not. It's not my. It's not my favorite dick joke that uh, Nick has ever told us. But it's up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, uh, Dick. Dick. Dick the actor, not the body part. Just gotta. Just gotta say that there. Jesus. Anyway, former guest host of the podcast, <laughs> Ben Magnet, uh, said a movie that made me cry tears of joy when Gypsy Danger whacked Kodachi with a freaking cargo ship and canceled the apocalypse. Pacific Rim. I love this movie. Uh, Did he really say Kodachi? Co- I, I, he, he spelled it out. Or he wrote it out. <laughs> I don't know how to. It's Otachi. Oh, is it Otachi? <laughs> I was going to say. It's just, I, I can't remember names. You guys have, have already figured that out. I can't. Yeah. But yeah, he wrote Kadachi. K-O-D-A-C-H-I. The one with the wings is Otachi. Otachi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm bad with names, so I didn't know. I That's did not fair. pick up on that. Uh, ben, fair. what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Oh. <laughs> So, yes, our main topic, Pacific Rim 2013, finally getting to the main topic. Because <laughs> we've been going way too long. Um, this, is an average, this is an average Sunday for me. <laughs> uh, it was, well, this is an average episode for us. We take so many rabbit trails, it's ridiculous. Yes, yes, and usually <laughs> we cut them all out. <laughs> uh, hey, chasing, so the the rabbit, chasing the Rabbit is, is part of this movie. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Um, so it was directed by Guillermo del Toro. The story was by Travis Beachman, uh, which I don't usually include the person who wrote the story or the screenplay in the cast and crew list. But a it's a it's a fellow Travis. I got to give him some credit. Uh, but also <laughs> Travis Beachman is the guy behind like like Guillermo del Toro did a lot of the the work on this and he gets a lot of the credit for it but travis beachman is the mind behind pacific rim it was his well, idea it's them it together his concept yeah yeah but but it, like he it was is very much a collaboration the between the two of them True. yeah i, re- I read the I've, i have the um pacific rim uh uh art book and it's it very clear that del that del toro latched on to travis's idea and they just kind of like like yes anded each other and became such good collaborate collaborating partners on this project oh absolutely it doesn't absolutely. work it doesn't work without the two of them 
Right, which is why I wanted to give them both credit because, yeah, Guillermo yeah. del Toro definitely is the reason why this movie is what it is. But without Travis Beachman's idea and his story, you wouldn't have it. So I wanted to give them both credit. Um, it all it stars Charlie Hunnam as a American guy who's really trying to do an American <laughs> accent. <laughs> can you say his? Can you say his name? Uh, I can't. I can't even remember what his name is. It's Raleigh. Oh yeah, yeah. Raleigh. Raleigh. Which is a horrible wanting... name, and nobody with a real American accent says the name in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody can say it right. Um. Uh. So Charlie Hunnam, uh, Idris Elba, the only person using his actual accent in this movie. <laughs> uh, Rinko Kaguchi. Charlie Day, Rob Kaczynski, Max Martini, Ron Perlman. Oh, I guess Ron Perlman, he was using his real accent. Uh, and um, Mana, Mana, Ashida. Uh, and the plot breakdown is as a war between humankind and monstrous sea creatures wages on a former pilot and a trainee are paired up to drive a seemingly obsolete special weapon in a desperate effort to save the world from the apocalypse. Oh, hold on. I'm getting another alert on my phone. Hold on. Um, nope. Just canceling it. Nope. <laughs> that is, okay. that is a, a horrible description of this movie. <laughs> I know it, it is. Actually, um, yeah, it actually really is. Don't blame me. Blame IMDb because that is the IMDb description. <laughs> I will. That is so reductive. Yeah, it is. It's it, not great. It, if you didn't know, if you didn't know this, what this movie was about, you'd think, oh, it's a, it's a movie about airplanes. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they accidentally put the the description for Atlantic Rim on Pacific Rim. <laughs> this sounds like Top Gun. <laughs> it does, does kind of like, sound like Top Gun. <laughs> Although Top Gun with monsters would be great. That's just Independence Day. Oh yeah, pretty much. True. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. All right. Um. So, opening thoughts on this movie. I want to get you guys's opening thoughts. Um. Starting with Brandon. What is your opening thoughts on this movie? Uh, I love this movie. I have I saw this movie in IMAX in 2013, and I had the greatest time of my life. And I have yet to change my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I, I there's really not a whole lot like the there's really not a whole lot to say other than like I love it. Like it like this is probably one of the most rewatchable movies in in my collection well period because i did watch this one also in theaters i didn't get the opportunity to see it in imax i wish i wish i would have but i did watch this in theaters and i had such a blast uh watching this with uh with my friends and my family at that time because we all made a we made a a day trip of it we went to the mall we watched the movie we ate some food it's good experience but overall the movie itself I think it's great. I mean, there's a reason why people love this movie because it it does a lot. It does so many things right from a character perspective, from the animation and visuals perspective. It is just a really beautiful film. 
Yeah, uh, now movie. I will. I yes, this movie is absolutely gorgeous. Um, totally agree with you guys. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. I will say that this movie is a love letter to this genre, this giant mechs and giant monster genre. Uh, and mm-hmm. because of it being kind of a love letter, I get where people come from when they criticize it. Because I have seen some criticism of this movie. And, and, and even at the time, I remember... Well, there's not as much criticism of this as, as obviously Uprising, but, you know, the, the criticisms of the original Pacific Rim are very few and far between. Well, I remember specifically... I watched the movie a few times in theaters when it first came out. And I remember specifically an, an old couple... Well, not even that old couple. Old couple they're probably my age, honestly, now. Um, but when... When they walked out, I was like, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I was like, did you not see a trailer? Because, like, mm. it's pretty clearly, it, it it is what it is. Like, it, it, it's, yeah. It never, it never tries to be anything else than the movie that it is. It doesn't try to be better or worse than its genre. It's just, mm. you want to watch some good old-fashioned punching? There you go. It's- <laughs> It's a lot like Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, you you go you go in expecting, you go in knowing what to what to expect. The movie delivers everything you would expect it to, plus a little extra, and you walk out being satisfied. Like that's, you know, that's how yeah. I that's how I view this. No, uh, yeah, I, I, totally, I do agree. I totally agree, Travis. With you guys. Yeah, I do. I do agree, Travis. Like there are criticisms of this, of this film that I do. I do hear, and Sparks is Sparks has a, a very valid criticism of the character development of this film. I I I hear it. I can understand it. Um, I just this movie for me is perfect. It, it it's everything I needed this movie mm-hmm. to be. Right, right. And see, and that's that's kind of my point. And I and I'm definitely gonna, I'm probably going to talk about it some more in final thoughts. But if you are the type of person who enjoys this genre. And especially if you know the tropes and stuff that are that that are being presented in that genre and in this movie, absolutely, this is like a fantastic movie and enjoy the heck out of it. If you are someone who does not like this genre, this movie is not for you. And it's not. And I've seen a lot of people say this was not a great this was not a good movie. I did not enjoy this movie. And it's like because this movie wasn't for you <laughs> this movie was a love letter to a specific genre and it's was made for people who love that genre and you're either on board with that or you're not and if you're not you're not going to enjoy this movie mm-hmm. um I, yeah, that being I think said a, i, think I a, am a fan of the genre <laughs> i think there's a legitimate case to be made that in a post godzilla versus kong world this movie would do much better um, cause it doesn't do great in theaters. It, it almost bombed in domestic theaters and only succeeded in, in, in international theaters. Um, right. and home video. I think it, it, uh, it did really well with home, yeah. home video releases. And I, I totally, I totally get it because as we talked about when, when we interviewed you, interview you guys for Kaiju Brahmin, um, the, the Western audiences have a hard time, um, getting behind giant monsters but we saw mm-hmm. with Godzilla versus Kong that there is a market for this now. And I think that Pacific Rim would do better in that market. However, 
we don't have the MonsterVerse without Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim was a necessary stepping stone to get us to where we are now. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I want to get into now. Let me. I want to ask Ben something really quickly because it was okay. something that I was Brandon. thinking. Of, I was thinking about, and this Brandon, is something I was talking with our friend Elijah about. Ben, I'm so sorry. You said Ben just now, and I'm just like, I don't know why I'm saying Ben. Uh, sorry, Brandon. Brandon. No um, um, do you do you think you you said you believe that Pacific Rim would in a post world in a post Godzilla versus Kong world would do better? Mm-hmm. Um, now, but there have been a lot of criticisms about Godzilla versus Kong that it was a fluke. It was because it was literally nothing else that people wanted to watch at the time. Sure. Do you think that? Do you think that it? Uh, do you think that, given the success of Godzilla versus Kong, do you think people would be more inclined to watch a a, a Pacific Rim now, uh, or would they just be, or would they still just kind of pass it off as just a big dumb uh, monster movie? Well, I would. I don't say that. Godzilla vs. Kong's success should lead to an influx of kaiju films being made by mm-hmm. the, being made by the West, big Hollywood budget. Uh, these films, I'm not saying we should get the influx that we have, like with Marvel movies. I don't think mm-hmm. the market is there, but I do think right. that, like, you know, two years later, Pacific Rim comes out after Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, I think it does well. Okay, I'm I'm just curious. We get. I, I mean, there is meat here. Like there is meat with this genre. Yeah. There is, a, there is stuff that you can play around with and people can latch onto, but you know, just the stigma of the giant monster, giant mech genre has been sort of like overlooked or not the stigma. I'm sorry, but the, the genre <clears throat> has been sort of overlooked. So for, by so many, for so many years by general audiences, I'm wondering if, um, I'm wondering if maybe the success of Godzilla versus Kong would pave the way for another Pacific Rim, like a Pacific Rim three to come out. Oh yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't want Steven S tonight to come back, but maybe. Okay. Yeah, well, um, there I is actually, like, we, we see I with would Le- not, I, I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Steven no, S tonight no, you're coming fine. back because he seems to have learned his lessons from, uh, uprising. Because he he came out in an interview know. and he's like, uh, you know, he he recently had an interview where he was like, yes, uh, this is not what I intended. This is not what I wanted. I wish I could do it again. You know, too it's too late for that. But you know, and so I'm like, I I don't know because he he's done some really good stuff. Like Uprising wasn't wasn't he's great, written he, some really good stuff. Well, true, yeah, yeah, because he's only directed a few he, things. I've so I've so I I recently watched Jupiter's Legacy, which he directs the first episode. Um, Mm -hmm. He's the showrunner for Jupiter's Legacy. And I I can't speak to the writing of it because I didn't finish it. But that first episode is shot just the same way as Pacific Rim Uprising. Flat, ugly, Mm. um, normal. The Pacific Rim, one of the things that makes Pacific Rim succeed where it does is because it is shot so uniquely and so beautifully. Right. It is one of the most beautifully shot monster films, beautifully shot films in general uh, I have ever seen. And Stephen S. Knight's uh, uh, skill as a director is not at the same level as Del Toro. Now, if he wants to come back and write it, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm into him coming back to write it. But as a director, I'd rather hit, I'd rather it be given to someone else like Adam Wingard, who we saw with Godzilla versus Kong can shoot really dynamic uh, sequences. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. Um, cause yeah, he is a better, he's a better showrunner than he is anything else. It seems cause he's, yeah. he's been the showrunner on a lot of things and, uh, including the first season of daredevil. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so I, I think he, uh, he, he has a, he has a specific skill set that is good in a, in, in a specific job and just maybe not so much as a director. Um, Let's I get think, into. I think our... what Legendary is doing is. Oh, sorry, sorry. Real quickly. No, no. Uh, go ahead. I think what ahead. Legendary is doing is really wise that they saw the success of Godzilla vs Kong and they said, "Okay, look, let's take it slow. Maybe we do another MonsterVerse movie." Um, they're not seeing the success of Godzilla vs Kong and saying, "Okay, maybe we we'll do fourteen MonsterVerse movies." I think. Yeah. They, I think they also want to look at maybe we go slow, and I think that's the way to go. Cloverfield was really was really important to the kaiju genre in the West, but we needed to go slow. We couldn't after Cloverfield, we couldn't get like 40 more monster movies. We needed to wait a couple years for Pacific Rim, then a couple more years for Godzilla vs. Kong. We need to take it slow, but I do think Godzilla vs. Kong is a good indicator of where we're heading. Mm-hmm. And it's it might be worth just taking a minute or it might be just worth taking a minute or two just to kind of recap what I think we talked about it on your podcast, Brandon. Um about why monster movies like this, like Pacific Rim, don't necessarily like have a, a huge foothold in the West as as opposed to maybe in in other countries. Um, there's I just, so, there's so many factors th- in that though. There there really is because it's not one specific factor because you do have things like uh like Godzilla versus Kong that does really well. I mean Kong Skull Island did really well. But then you have Godzilla mm-hmm. 2014, which was, you know, did moderately well. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Did oh, wait, well. hold on. Hold on. Godzilla Godzilla 2014 did very well. It, it did. I thought it, it was more. I thought it was a more moderate success. It made it no, made close it, to eight hundred million dollars. It oh, did. Okay. Yeah. OK. It, it, it Yeah. Okay. After after its theatrical run and all the things surrounding it, it was around eight hundred. Kong um, Skull Island was better received both critically and financially, but Godzilla did well. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kong Skull Island, I know, was the second highest grossing film in the MonsterVerse um, after yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, so, so uh, yeah, it's just, it, but but we do have ones that do really well, and then we have ones that do really poorly. And so it's like, it's hard to gauge what, american audience and we're really talking about american audiences not just the entire west but specifically america yeah um why some monster movies do really well and some don't some become cult hits like tremors some you know become like disappear into the ether and we never hear about them again so it's it is there's so many factors that go into that that it's really hard to tell i think and, and I will say, I I think that one of the things I don't think Godzilla versus Kong is a complete fluke. In my opinion, I don't think it's a complete fluke. Um, I think that the the whole pandemic and everything and not having movies for a long time probably did add to it a lot. But I also think they did play to the audience a lot mm-hmm. and especially American audiences because they made Kong such a central figure in that movie. Mm hmm. And Kong, well, they made Kong an action hero. Right. And Kong is a, well, not only is he an American monster, but he's also one of the few that seems to always do really well. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I think the <coughs> the the there's so many there's so many factors. One of the things, if you're going to do a movie like Pacific Rim or Godzilla, um, our relationship with nuclear technology is very different, and our relationship with the military is very different um, yes. than it is in the East. Um, and both of those play into just how different we see something like Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim is such a fluke because there's not. Well, there is a nuke later on, but it's not it's not centered around nuclear technology and the military isn't a part of it. It is, um, it is unlike any American monster movie in that way. Whereas Godzilla, they try to bring in like, Oh, nuclear energy sustains them instead of, you know, mm-hmm. destroys things. Oh, the military is helping. Godzilla. Well, the, the, the Jaegers and the Jaeger program is very militaristic though. So that's why well, yeah, well, it started. It's a military. worldwide coalition, but it's a worldwide right. coalition. Right. right, and it started, which is as very different, kind of a military operation, and then they, like he said at the uh, um, Pentecost, Sacker Pentecost, uh, said that we used to Such be, yeah, I know, uh, he, we used to be, you know, the military. We used to be this. Now we're just what he say. We we used to be the something. Now we're the resistance. Because yeah, I don't remember the exact quote, but yeah. Yeah, he said something like that, um, and it's like, and that's where they they went from being the the this huge military organization that has all this government funding from all the governments around the world to now being we are this ragtag team of we're just scraping by and we have to make one last final push, and I think I, that I know also. Can, I know... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Please finish your thought. Oh, I, I was going to say, I think I, that also plays into a lot of maybe why this movie could resonate with American audiences, because American audiences love being the underdogs. Um, we love rooting for the mm-hmm. underdogs and we love rooting for yes, the people true. who are fighting against the bigger thing. Yeah, you do. And and, the, and in this movie, you you really get the sense that humanity is is on the ropes. I think Pacific mm-hmm. Rim is the best example uh, story-wise, maybe not anything else-wise, but definitely story-wise of a of a of a digestible um, Japanese kaiju movie for American audiences. Um, a lot of the problems that we've run into big Hollywood studios is that we keep trying to do what they did in the East again, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work mm-hmm. because we don't fundamentally understand what what their relationship is with these analogies. Um, yeah. So if we try to kind of build from the ground up, we get something like Cloverfield, which attempted to be for American audiences what Godzilla 1954 was for Japanese audiences, but it doesn't mm-hmm. quite succeed there either. Pacific Rim, I think, is the best is the best thing that we've done to get to get close. Right. Personally. Right. No. Yeah. No. I'm wondering if Absolutely. I'm I'm wondering if it's because. I wonder if it's because a lot of monster movies, especially the monster movies from the East from from Japan, I hope I can organize my thoughts here when I say this, um, like take uh, Godzilla from 54, mm-hmm. for, for example, that form, that film was born out of a tragedy. And it's fair to say that America has not witnessed a tragedy of that size. Yeah. So it's very hard for us to identify uh, of what that feels like. So, and, and, you know, a lot of the Eastern properties like Godzilla, um are allegories for tragedy and it's it's just a hard thing for us americans to kind of wrap our minds around um no, i'm but wondering I, if but that's I totally, probably I, 
I think that what you said about Godzilla versus Kong is the way that American audiences should go because yeah, we, we don't have the same relationship with like nuclear technology and and the military that, that, that Japan and other Eastern countries have. Uh, So instead of being, you're building it from that, uh, go with the action hero because action movies sell well in, in America. So taking Kong yeah. from being a monster an allegory or whatever and making him into an action hero that also has some heart, not saying he didn't have heart in it, but, but uh, I think is the way to sell it. And I think that that's why I don't think it is Godzilla versus Kong is a fluke because I think they, they did it. It's, they sold it to American audiences. They sold it the Kong, way that you would. Kong to, is a which very, is, uh-huh. Kong is which a is very why, important character to American audiences. It yes. is, yes. which is what, which was, which was, which makes GVK not a fluke, but uh, very divisive, but uh, between like fan, like members of the fandom, because you know it's not that big, horrific allegory. It is, it is an action movie. It is yeah. an action hero. And to be hey, you fair, know, like not Godzilla, all Godzilla one, I don't care. Like uh, but no, no, they're not. I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm just trying to view it the different I'm just trying to view it from the different angles but yes Godzilla one that's all that matters that's all I cared about at the end at the end of it all so yeah um let's you, stop Kong. talking about Godzilla versus Kong and talk about <laughs> Pacific Rim here for a little bit we usually do our positivity sandwiches um which is we start with some positives we do some negatives and we finish on some positives um because this episode is running long even with cutting out a lot of stuff we're still going we're still running kind of long um i want to just kind of quickly get through our likes and dislikes since we already really you know talked a lot about the things we did like in this movie so specifically some things in this movie that you liked um ben you want to or Ben, I say Ben, Brandon. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you did it this time. Yeah, I did it this okay. time. Uh, Brandon, <coughs> do you want? I don't know why we have we. I, ben is on my show notes because he wrote into the podcast, so I need to delete him off of my show notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Um. So this is just you. Just want me to say likes? Yes. Yes. Yeah, specifically likes. Okay. Okay. I. <coughs> Um, there are so many things that, that I like about this movie. I really like Mako. Uh, I think she's a great character. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mako's relationship with Stacker. Um, the practical effects are incredible in constant and make this movie age like a fine wine. Um, oh. the, there are so many practical effects that you would don't even notice. Um, mm-hmm. things that you're like, Oh, that's definitely CGI. No, no mother effer. That's practical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean the entire yes, like the, the entire cockpit that they that they're in for the yeah. for the Jaegers is practical. Or like when or like when the crab monster like like uh, uh crushes the trash cans, that's practical. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a practical effect. Even down to the little um the little sea louse that that attach themselves to the kaiju. Yeah, Those are practical. practical effects. I love it. I love the set design. The, the set design feels so big. Uh, and so, so like grungy, it kind of like makes you feel like star Wars did. And when it first came out, like this was a world that feels lived in. Um, mm-hmm. I, the sense of scale in this film is unparalleled to may is only has only once been compared to Godzilla 2014. I think the mm-hmm. Godzilla 2014 film and this film have a similar sense of scale. Um, I love the physics about this movie. I'm going to talk, sorry, I'm going fast. 
I love the physics about this movie. There's a sequence where you see um, Eternal Alpha and um, Crimson Typhoon drop into the water and you see the water pressure like stop their descent for a second as they sink to the bottom. Uh, mm-hmm. Love it. Love that attention to detail so much. It adds all the difference. Um, Gypsy Danger is such a cool design with his uh, with his like his swagger as he's walking. Um, mm. It does something that American films don't do quite often which is uh, Gypsy Danger is constantly trying to stop destruction of the city and not actively participating in it, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I, you know, levy against then, many other films in America. In in Hong Kong, which, Gypsy Danger does a lot of damage. <laughs> yes, but you know what makes all the difference? You know what makes all the difference? When Gypsy steps over a bridge instead of going through it. Yes, Yes, right. I did notice that. I did notice that when I was watching it last night, I was like, oh, because I, I the thing I remember the most about the Hong Kong fight is besides just the colors and how awesome it was, but the the amount of destruction, you know, punching through buildings and ripping through buildings. And then you see Gypsy Danger step over a, a bridge and it's like, oh, oh, you know, he actually you know, they actually do care about trying to not destroy yeah. property. They're not they're not going out of their way to destroy anything. It's just, it's just a, a, a an effect of, of the fight. Right. Um, it's a byproduct. You can't, are... can't avoid it. <laughs> right. Going back to Mako. Um, there's some great sequence. There's some great subtext with Mako. Um, during the Hong Kong fight, when Raleigh and, and Mako are fighting and you hear Raleigh like yelling at Mako about what he's going to do because they haven't drifted before. That's kind of their, their way of communicating b- before they get, before they kind of like understand each other's drift language. Mm-hmm. Um, Raleigh is like, there's nothing else. We've got nothing. Uh, this is it. And Mako says, no, there's something else. And she creates the sword and she says, for my family, she added the sword after to, so mm-hmm. that her family would constantly be remembered because her family were sword makers. I love that. Shit. Um, mm-hmm. there's so much to dig into the movie. There's so much subtext that you can just like, it's there. It's there. If you want to dig. And if you dig, you just create so, such a, great world that's that's was so well thought out with so many great um unique characters and fun caricatures uh of, of just of just these crazy kooky people i uh i i love this movie so much i i don't know if i should say much more but i love i can't i can't i can't no, spew well, more love about this movie i do want to i do want to latch on to what you were saying there because you know when i watched this movie back in 2013 i was like oh this is a fun exciting movie and that was it i did not expect i didn't really dig very deep into it didn't think anything of it other than it was just oh it's just a a very fun giant monster movie with giant robots but you're absolutely right that there is so many layers and so many details put into this world that it feels like a real lived-in world and it it really speaks to that fact because we're getting so much extra material from it you know we've already got we got the sequel we've got a tv show now on netflix we've got uh Mm -hmm. comic books after comic books and reading the comic books and watching uh the the anime the series i am like wow there is so much in this world you know the idea of the kaiju churches the the idea of yeah of um the the businessmen who who make money off of the kaiju and and all this stuff uh it, it's such a an interesting world that you can just like in star wars you can pick a corner and just tell a story in that corner 
and it has nothing to do yeah, with the, it's rest del Toro's, of the rest of the world. I will 100% die on the hill that this is Del Toro Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, I, the one thing that I really enjoyed about this movie was I think well, you, you both have touched on it, but was, was the world, was the world building. Um, I feel like this movie was written and directed in such a way that I know giant monsters, giant mechs aren't real, but if they were real, this is a good depiction of what would be taking place in the world. Yeah. If that were a fact, like, like Travis said, like the Kaiju black market people that sell pieces of the Kaiju for medicine and other, and other things and just how humans have adapted to this new world where the knowledge of these beasts exists. Uh, yeah. I just, that's the, the, one of the big things that I love about this movie is just the world building itself. Yeah. The Kaiju church is the one thing that gets me because I didn't remember that being in this movie until I watched it last night. Yes. I knew it was in the, in the bonus material or like, you know, like the, the comic books and stuff that they've talked about, but I didn't remember it being in this movie and watching it. And I'm like, Oh, it was in this movie. And they build on that so much in the comic books. And I guarantee you, they are going to be building uh on it in the anime because they've already kind of hinted at that in the anime too so it's it's such a yeah, fun they concept do. of how they because there's a scene in one of the comic books that they're bringing like the finger of one of the kaiju through a city and it's being paraded through by all these worshipers and they're praying to mm. it and they're worshiping it mm. as they're and that is such an, a powerful scene and i'm like that was such interesting world building. And then I didn't realize it was in this movie. And now that I'm going back and seeing this, seeing that in this movie, I'm like, Oh, now I see where the jumping off point is. It's just like in star Wars, how, you know, Obi-Wan throws out clone wars in the first movie. And it's like, well, that doesn't mean anything until years Mm -hmm. later when they start actually developing a whole franchise just out of the clone wars out of that one line from that one movie (laughs) Mm. and you know it's it's in the in in this movie it's sort of just kind of given as like a pass like you see the church you see the worshipers going funneling into the church but it really is interesting because you know it, it is like i said it is something that would probably happen if like real kaiju existed you because you know as humans as 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 fallible humans, we do have this tendency to latch on to things bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have that desire to be um, not necessarily worship, but admire and look to something bigger than ourselves. And I think that is a really interesting part of this world, uh, like the Kaiju Church. And I, I'm glad you brought that up. I there's um, one there's one piece of detail that I really like in uh, this go, movie. Um, go ahead. That I, real real quickly, just to kind of like uh explain explain the difference between what del toro brought to this movie and what steven s tonight failed to bring to pacific Rim uprising not to kick a, a dead horse but um Chernal alpha <laughs> is such a cool design and he's the russian it's the russian jaeger and he is wearing his cockpit is in his chest because the nuclear reactor is on top of his head there are little arms holding the nuclear reactor over his head that's that's the detail you don't need to do but they did it because every piece moves on the jaegers you see like when uh striker rika holds up um holds up the uh otachi and you see like the pistons turn and lock into place Mm -hmm. and shit 
I love yeah. it. The, so, so many cool moments with like the the boat and then grabbing Otachi's tongue out of his out of his mouth. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, so cool. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that there's a lot of attention to detail in this movie that really makes it such a fun experience. I do want to talk about real quick while we're in our positives, uh, the the characters because. I do have sure. some negatives and a lot of my negatives do come from the characters uh, more than, more than anything mm. else, but sticking with positives, um, the acting of Ron Perlman and Idris Elba are, are like the two standouts for me in this movie. Um, there's a scene where, uh, when, when uh, um, Raleigh is trying to talk to Stacker Pentecost and he's, he's chasing after him. And so he grabs Pentecost's arm to make him stop. Oh, yeah. And he spins around. And that look that Idris Elba gives, oh. he didn't have to say a word. He just gave him that look. And it's like, ooh, yeah. he done messed it's up. It's like, so first of all, don't touch. First of all, don't touch me. Second of all, don't touch me. Yeah, I love that that moment when he turns around. And he's just, he's just he's just looking at Raleigh, and you're just like the tone of the movie is just like it. it you you stop dead in its track because you're just like uh crap. Yeah, yeah, that look of like, what did you just do? And even Raleigh, I, I mean, like I, I Charlie Hunnam, uh, the the character of Raleigh is not my favorite in this movie, but that moment, even in that that moment, he even at, he like steps back, like, oh, I just messed up. <laughs> I think I think Raleigh is perfectly serviceable for this movie. Um, I totally understand all the criticisms lobbied against this character. He is not what I talk about when I'm talking about I like these characters. Um, right. I'm talking about people like Newt and Gottlieb uh, and Mako yes. and and Stacker and 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 Hannibal. I like those characters a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie Hunnam's character Raleigh is not that, I, and and I don't put the blame on him necessarily. I think the character was just kind of bland and maybe blandly yeah. written but i'm okay with it I'm, i forgive the movie for that because so much of the rest of the movie is is so good um but when we're talking about negatives we have to you know you, like it may be a nitpick but we do have to talk about some of the negatives and one of the negatives is some of these main characters like raleigh like uh the the um striker eureka pilot which i can't think of his name uh chuck chuck yeah yeah but i like his dad i love her canson yeah her canson was good yeah that that that, that, role felt like it was written for um what's his name from from uh um walking dead and guardians of the galaxy uh michael rooker yeah, Michael Roker, R- Rooker. Oh. Uh, it's it feels like that if it wasn't if it wasn't specifically for Australian Australians, it he would have been great as Herc. But when he when Herc is talking to Stacker when they're in Striker and he goes, "That's my son. He got there." I'm, uh, my heart's yeah. breaking. Yeah, yeah, such a such a great great character. Um, one of the negatives, and we can start getting into some some negatives. Sure. One of the negatives, though, I do want to bring up is all of the terrible accents 
including so Charlie Hunnam's care. Uh, like Charlie Hunnam's American accent is like the reason why his character is not as charming or, or as charismatic as maybe we would have hoped is because all of his, all of his acting energy is going into trying to hide his British accent. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is which is really weird because in Sons of Anarchy he's able to hide it really well. Yeah, and that's what I, I said the same thing last night. I'm like he was already in Sons of Anarchy and he was hiding it. So why is this seem like it's such a chore for him to try to do? <laughs> it might be that it, it may it may just come down to like dialogue. Possibly, maybe maybe yeah. the dialogue was a little bit tough for him. I don't know. I'm not an actor, so I don't know what the struggle of an actor is. Yeah, I think the the biggest, I he's not the biggest problem when it comes to the accents, but he is a problem. The biggest accents, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest problems do come from Herc and Chuck. Um, as yes. much as I like Herc Hansen, both of their Australian accents are horrendous. Yes, absolutely horrendous. Uh, so borderline yeah. offensive, honestly. Yeah, yeah, uh, it just absolutely awful and i did not like chuck at all his character was very it was it was one note which all let's let's be let's be fair most of the characters in this movie are one note even the good ones sure but but his the one note that he's playing is so annoying (laughs) well he's well i mean but there was a little bit of depth there because there was a tiny bit of depth there because of the relationship with him and his dad. Uh, mm-hmm. He, he most certainly respects his father and it, it was, it was a tough, it was, it was a tough moment when you knew that Chuck was going off with stacker and he was going to die. Yeah. Like there, I mean, it, it was, that was tough and that was a really good moment. I, I think there's, I think, the actor does does well when it comes to the emotional goodbye with his father, uh, because mm-hmm. I think they have good chemistry. But I will I will agree that the only reason why they have good chemistry is because the actor who's playing Herc is carrying that chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. I think if that guy if that guy is not playing Herc, um, Chuck is much worse. Um, I, so I think he kind of brought out a better actor in even. Mm-hmm. But even that's not great because um, I don't think he quite plays that role very well. Maybe because of the accent, um, because he's struggling with that accent. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not. I don't think Chuck is. Chuck is the weak link. He's the weak actor he's, in the bunch. He's he's British, right? He's not actually Australian. I don't no, know. he's Canadian. Is he American? He's Canadian. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I looked it up. I think. I think if I remember right, I looked at I looked him and Herc up. So maybe maybe Herc was the one that was Canadian. Oh yeah, so, uh, uh, Jonathan Jonathan Adams. He's American. Okay, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, so the one okay. plays Herc is uh, is um, is Canadian because one of them was Canadian, one of them was American. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 rough. Um, another negative I have for this film, and it's pretty much this is the only other real bad negative I have besides the just characters, um, is the unnecessary romance that they kind of. Oh, sorry, it's Robert K- Kaczynski. I apologize. Robert, Kaczynski. I looked at the wrong person. Oh, okay okay <laughs> and he is he is british he is british oh he is british okay okay yeah oh okay it's born in um, England. ah okay um oh he's in captain marvel was he was he in captain marvel who was he in captain yeah. marvel uh he, he said baker i don't know oh okay. small part yeah okay um the unnecessary romance that they include between mako and raleigh 
I think. Okay, so this is one I'll push back on. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, I'm ready. I got, my, I, I got my dukes up. I'm ready. Uh, all right. So the original, <laughs> the original ending of the movie, because um, uh-huh. I know people who saw the who saw the the pre screening for it before it was done, <laughs> has the movie end with a kiss between Mako and Raleigh. Um, and the movie, the final product doesn't. And yes. I thought that was a much better choice because I actually don't think there is a romance between the two of them. Um, it does I... definitely feel like they are becoming friends. Okay. Now here's my thing with this though. I must have in theaters seen the original cut because I swear there was a, there was a kiss at the end. It's, um, you know what it is. I'll tell you what exactly that is. It's the, um, what's this? It's the Mandela effect. Um, Pacific Rim is another Pacific Rim is another um, good example of a movie that's been played by the Mandala effect there was never a theatrically shown version of the kiss it was only ever shown in pre-screenings before the movie was done okay and also it feels like that's where the movie is leading because it kind of does have that kind of like you know and and with with the way movies do tend to play a kiss is yeah it it just ends with but yeah, yeah, it just it, ends with an embrace, though. Right, but it doesn't end with a kiss. Yeah, and, and so I was watching it last night. I was like, huh, I swear it ended with a kiss. So I'm not one hundred percent sold on the uh, on on this this dislike that I have. That I have, I'm not one hundred percent like. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight over this this one aspect because I totally see where okay now watching it again I can interpret it as like they are just becoming really really good yeah i think i think if you know if you i i do think the original intention was that they were supposed to create a romantic relationship but i also don't think it works and they wisely took out the kiss which for me removes all of the romantic subplot and just creates kind of a mentee mentor um friendship relationship yeah big brother big sister kind of kind of that's that's the vibe i got from it. yeah was more mentor big brother big sister type relationship aside from the sequence at the end where uh they embrace i wasn't quite getting a full-on romantic vibe because they were a little bit resistant toward i got a romantic vibe when they were just sitting there and talking while looking at uh at um gypsy danger i did get that romance vibe there um and so that's what kind of that that's the scene that kind of pushed it for me of like okay i wish they kind of would have dialed it back just a little bit more but i get that like this what that was the original intent of the movie so you can't really do but anything that is about such it a now, good scene that's it, such a good it, scene though it is it is but i just i wish I do wish they had dialed back the idea of a romance between the two of them a little bit more, but I totally get that the movie, I I like that it did leave it more ambiguous of they are friends. There's a relationship, uh, you know, whatever, you know, like there, there's obviously a close, close relationship being formed between them. Now, whether that's romance or just friendship is it's the, but that's what the drift does. I think the the relationship becomes close because they're drift compatible and because they're in each other's heads. I, I right. don't know. Yeah, I'm not I, arguing. I about do it. think <laughs> it was meant to be. No, I know. I just I just I do think like the original script. I'm sure when they were writing the script, they were like, and this is going to be a romance. But I just I just at the end of the day, I don't think the product shows you that romance and could be because they don't really have romantic chemistry. Um, 
but so I think wisely, like taking out the kiss changes the entire subtext of their relationship into uh, brother, sister, uh, drift compatible type of thing. I, I honestly, maybe it does leave it. It does leave it open for them becoming romantic partners down the line. Um, I, but we I never saw it because well, Mako died. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, well, spoiler. Um, um, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm not will I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be sad if I spoil Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, that's true. Um, <laughs> I I will say that there are moments in the movie where they obviously stuck with the romantic subplot tropes um sure. like the the awkward knocking not knocking on the door and she's looking out at the people um him uh, her walk you know being uncomfortable around him but you know kind of, so kind of that kind of awkward mm-hmm. manicness to her whenever he's right around. it's the it's the attractiveness she's yeah attracted. she's clearly attracted to him walking in on yeah. him when he's changing his shirt all this stuff you know like it, it that's the stuff i wish they would have taken out like i get I oh like but you they, know what uh-huh you know you know you know what um the attract I, I totally see what you're saying and I, I agree that there it is still kind of there but when she's looking at him without his shirt on what i noticed this time around is it i didn't to me read as she was looking at him like ogling she was looking at his scars she was looking at the scars oh, yeah. that he had from the solo from when he solo piloted after losing yancy and mm-hmm. I, I think that's I think that kind of hits a little bit harder. Like she sees the struggle that he, he he's gone through and why he stopped piloting. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. And, and, I, and I think that, it, yeah. And I'm glad that they did highlight the scars uh, in there. Cause that was an interesting little detail throughout the film. Yeah. It is just one of those things of, I appreciate that they dialed back. I just wish they would have dialed back a little bit more. Um, I can understand that. Yeah. So yeah, um, is there any uh, so is there any other negatives that you guys want to talk about with this movie? Um, the logic doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah, yeah. None of, there's no logic um, in this movie that really. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it, it is. If we if we must say negatives, I have I I feel compelled to say like the movie is just nonsense. Um, they talk about like it's the you best can't kind you of can't nonsense. drift with that. It, it is. I believe it. I think it's the best kind of nonsense. But like there's like, oh, we can't drift. Uh, we have to have these helmets on to drift and yet Stacker and um, and yet Stacker and, and Chuck take off their helmets and they're still drift. They're still drifting. Uh, there's things like that where it's like unplug, just unplug your desk and that shuts down the Jaeger. But an EMP doesn't make the Jaeger doesn't make a gypsy danger. Um incapable of right. fighting though because it's analog for some reason which would just make any I mean, sense and with, i mean with what Eric, does with analog any... mean with a machine that big what right. does that mean <laughs> right is it running on like I mean, gears yeah <laughs> like clockwork with any movie like this you're gonna get some plot armor and some inconsistencies in the logic yeah I mean, just to make things work I- and my, my whole thing is like one of my favorite things about Godzilla King of the Monsters is the sequence with Rodan when they're the Rodan chase sequence. And um, uh, what's his name? Um, the white haired scientist, dude, I forgot his name, um, but he's. Oh, um, um, shoot. He's from West Wing. Uh, the, Bradley Whitford. Yeah. yeah I, Bradley Whitford. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, he's just yelling nonsense like, oh, Monster Zero's at 60 seconds. We've lost them all. And he's just yelling nonsense into the camera. And it's like the camera's moving. That's Pacific Rim. That's all Pacific Rim. And I am mm-hmm. here for that. 
Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's the same sci-fi mumbo jumbo that like you get in Star Trek and any of those shows where it's like this is all ridiculous and none of it is real, but they they sound like they know what they're talking about and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just but but there is time there are times where Pacific Rim does break its own internal logic, but because the movie is so good to me, uh, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I picked up more on that this watch than my first watching of it back in 2013, because in 2013, I was just so mesmerized by how awesome the movie was and how beautiful it looks. Because the And that's one of the yeah. things we can get into some of our um, we can finish off on some some small positives. But one of the small positives I do want to finish off on is this movie is visually beautiful the colors and it like it yes a lot of it is shot in the or is is in the dark because they're doing a lot of nighttime battles but the nighttime battles highlight the neon colors so well and Mm -hmm. that's i love that and even underwater when it gets dark you also get the like orange glow of the of the volcanic vents and of the of the actual uh, like rift that's been torn open and everything so so i love the colors in this movie i mean yeah it's a beautifully shot film i mean and up to uh up to this point this is the best that any nighttime kaiju battle scene has looked because mm-hmm. you know there's there's one of the number one complaints with king of the monsters is it was just too and still with even uh godzilla 2014 it was just too dark and so and and in king of the monsters it was too rainy but in this one i want to say there was rain there but there was so well lit and like the like kudos to the um to the cgi company who who did the cgi for this was it uh wada Weta? what was it i think it's uh, oh i don't know was uh, it weta that it did might, this it might not have been i thought it was weta uh, um, i'll check it out okay anyway kudos to them because like this is such a beautiful movie uh it's dark for the most it's dark throughout most of the movie but you can still see everything mm-hmm. and I think that's probably because it's in Hong Kong. Hong Kong's a very well lit, very illumin, a very very illuminated city, and I just don't have any complaints outside of just the outside of the minor character complaints. I mean, this I'm with Brandon. This is pretty much a perfect movie for this genre. Uh, Industrial what? Light Magic did the did the CGI real quickly. Oh, uh, okay. I love okay. It. I love it. Okay. Okay. Um, um, one I, last little negative, though, I do want to mention. I, then you just yeah. reminded me, Michael. Is I wish the kaiju had more personality to them. Like they're definitely mm, interesting yeah. looking, but there's not enough personality mm. in them. Whereas the Jaegers obviously had a, a huge, like they're big personalities in these Jaegers and you know and they're so mm-hmm. colorful and beautifully designed whereas the the kaiju kind of started to blend together at a certain point because they're just kind of big gray monsters that all act very similar yeah yeah they're they're all just well which makes sense because they all are they're all basically clones. clones of each right other. yeah yeah um i i only have negatives for this movie if i have to um so in a setting like this like i don't mind i don't mind talking about some things that that i don't that i think are negatives but for the most part i will probably never again speak negative of pacific rim um and that's not to say that i'm ignoring its flaws it's just to say that 
I'd rather talk about all the cool things. Yeah, the flaws don't matter. Um, to me, mm. the flaws don't matter in this film. It's just, it's just so cool. Um, I, I cannot believe this movie exists. This is probably... I think Kong Skull Island is at least one of the most visually stunning uh, modern American kaiju films. And I think Pacific Rim is right up there with it. Um, there is... Mm-hmm. Pacific Rim is so unique... In its film and its in its uh, cinematography, it's so gorgeous. The way they use artificial light to make sure that you always see what's happening. Um, the reason why they set the reason why CGI scenes are always set at night is because it's easy to, to manipulate artificial light and hide CGI flaws. Well, that too, and it's like a lot. There's a lot of bioluminescence in this movie, yeah. so it just it makes it more. Uh, it makes it pop out more. I think when everything's set at night. Yeah, and that's what I, that's what I think Del Toro does so well is he's not using the nighttime to hide um, CGI flaws or or but he the the he's manipulating the the artificial lighting so that you're always seeing the picture. You're always seeing everything. I think this is one of the clearest kaiju films in general, um, mm-hmm. outside of ones that are just shot during the day, with the exception of the one that's underwater. Um, the one that's underwater is at times hard to is at times hard to follow, um, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people will say it is. Um, it's not. And then the other thing I want to say is that I really like Del Toro's sense of humor, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is there's two moments that I want to highlight, which is when Gypsy Danger grabs the shipping containers and and beats uh, Leatherback's face in, uh, and you mm-hmm. see a bunch of like a moped and some TVs and like. A couch fall out of the mm-hmm. fall out of the, the shipping containers or when the nuke when striker rika blows up with the nuke and all the water gets blown away and gypsy danger looks up and is like where's the water and it just like right. swarms yeah. in yeah i think all that stuff is so cool yeah humor humor wise this movie is really fun too uh because like uh, you, mm-hmm. you know charlie day charlie day we didn't really talk about him too much but but his character uh makes it really adds a lot of humor uh to this movie and especially with his partner there the the scientist that he's working Gottlieb. with yeah that they they do a fantastic job of just being kind of the laurel and hardy of this team that really is just yeah. fun fun to watch they're a lot of fun together i love watching them yeah now have you have you watched um i i just want this is a side note that can be cut out of the podcast have you watched um was it called? the man in the high castle not yet not yet okay uh the, i did yes i i did watch the actor who plays was it gutley uh the the british Gottlieb. one yeah uh Gottlieb. he yes. plays a very intense assassin slash serial killer in that uh hey show. oh yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah 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 the, he, does. Hunter he does do you know where after do you know where uh, i know him from where torchwood oh yeah okay yeah he's a, i do he's re- in the doctor who spinoff series torchwood yeah that's right that's right i do remember that i I didn't watch i didn't watch all of torchwood but i watched some of it so i do remember that now yeah oh well, he, he's been in a lot of things over you know uh but it's he's one of those that guy actors like i don't know who he is but i recognize him when i see him <laughs> You know, I think they, I think Charlie Day and I forgot the actor's name, but uh, Dr. Gottlieb, I think they, they um, get the best deal in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, that's another thing I really like that they that this thing that happens in the like like all the complaints about the sequel. We'll talk about the sequel at some point in the future, but all the complaints about it, at least they were like, "Hey, there was stakes and there was consequences to things that happened in the first movie." Yeah, and, and I, I think at they, least they what did they that. did with them is the best. What they did mm-hmm. with them is the best. I think. Um. All right. Well, let's let's um let's get into our final thoughts and our Godzuki scores. So we like to rate <laughs> our movies out of five Godzukis instead of uh, five stars or whatever because we like to embrace the sillier side of giant monster movies, and we do that by uh, paying homage to the great Godzuki. Godzilla's bumbling nephew from the 1970s Hanna-Barbera series uh, and use him as our and yes and yes Brandon and yes Brandon you have to sing it you have to sing it whenever whenever it comes to so out of five Godzookies I will not be doing that (laughs) how (laughs) many Godzookies Brandon would you give this and what are your final thoughts on this movie uh, my final thoughts are that this movie is incredible. Um, I think it's gorgeous. I love the characters. I love really honestly everything about it. It's it's everything I could have wanted in the movie. Um, it's such an interesting world. Uh, Pacific Rim the Black is also a really good anime. And I just want to quickly shout out. I know you guys did an episode. I think that's pretty good too. Um, but I'm not going to sing it, but I give it four and a half. Godzuki. You gotta do it. <laughs> you gotta do it. We'll, I'm we'll not gonna do in. it. I'm sorry. We'll lead you in. We'll lead you in. So up from the depths, thirty stories high. Come on, Michael. High, breathing fire. His head in the sky. I had to remember it. Godzilla. 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 And wait, we done screw. No, 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 Michael. No, no, Michael. It's Brandon's oh. turn. Oh, okay. Well, we're. I think we're making Brandon uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't believe you guys know the theme song to that show. Yeah. <laughs> we run a giant monster it's podcast. A re- what, it's a requirement. It's, yeah. it's, it's a requirement. You have to know the theme song. I know. I had to sign a waiver. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I will not be doing that. But yes. Four out of five. Four and a half out of five. Four and a half out of five. Four and a half. All right. All right. Got it. And Michael, what is your final thoughts on your Godzuki score? I mean, it's pretty much the same as as Brandon's. Um, There's a lot of great world world building in this movie. uh, And then it gets expanded on in later films and series and comic books as well. But this really laid the foundation for sort of this 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 universe that we're in where man and man and kaiju are sort of coexisting and like i said earlier on the episode it does seem realistic quote unquote realistic you know i'm not that all these not that this movie is realistic but you get what i'm saying but it's done in such a way that it's believable um yes there are some there are some minor issues with the with some with not I was about to say the physics, but not the physics, but the uh, just uh, legendary and Pacific and the movie itself breaking its own rules and some of the character issues. But overall, I mean, I have no complaints. I have I have zero complaints. I think from top to bottom, this movie's fantastic. It's definitely rewatchable. Anyone who asks me uh, recommendations for science fiction, giant monster, uh, robot movies, whatever, 
uh, just action movies in general, I will recommend Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim. And because of that, I give it a four out of five. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, four out of five. What? <laughs> oh, God. Keys. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so for my final thoughts, I always write mine down so that I can, uh, you know, get all my thoughts straight in my head and everything as I'm watching the movie. Overachiever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so my my final thoughts are: while it's easy to nitpick this movie, it's hard to hold any of the faults that you find against it. This movie, faults and all, is a brilliant love letter to a genre that I enjoy very much. I feel like this movie is fully realized. I think this is the exact movie that they wanted to make. I don't think they uh, there was anything left out uh, that they well, there might have been some stuff left out, but I don't think that they really were missing anything in this movie. I think they made the movie they wanted to make again, faults and all. Uh, it's definitely not for everyone, though, but anyone who enjoys the genre and if you're listening to this podcast, you must have some kind of enjoyment of this genre in some kind of capacity. So you will probably enjoy it and you'll definitely appreciate the heart and effort put into it. Um, like we said, all the details that are put into it. Um, the people who dislike this movie have a lot of great points. Definitely had you know conversations with people who've had a lot of criticisms of this movie. They have they have very valid points and I totally understand their criticisms. But I just think this movie may not have been made for them. This movie was made for a very specific group of people. And those are the people who enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, so because of that, and I'm one of those people. Um, and so because of that, I give it a four out of five. Kazookies. You know what? I appreciate you, your commitment to the bit. Uh, it, it, yeah. Thank I mean, you. We have that's, to. That's we all we care about. This, this podcast would fail <laughs> if we did not do the Godzuki theme. Yes. And speaking, uh, we have, uh, we have to be committed to our bits. So, and speaking <laughs> of bits that we are committed to, what, um, uh, we do not have a mailbag segment again this week because nobody has bothered to send us any mail. Um, so can if anybody, I, can I send you some, can I send you some audio mail? Yeah, yeah, we'll take audio mail. Yep. Uh, we can do. Uh, I love your, I love your show, and I love Kaiju Ramen. So there you go. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. So we'll add the mailbag theme there uh, right before that. Then, so because <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> because because we don't have any mailbag, any mail coming in the mailbag, any questions, any comments, anything like that. I, I never get to play the mailbag theme anymore. And I love the mailbag theme. The mailbag theme is one of my favorite ones I I made for this podcast. So uh, if anybody. Okay, Travis, now you're, now you're sounding desperate. You need to I stop. I am desperate. <laughs> Please love me. Oh, wait, no, sorry. I had flashbacks to my last relationship. Uh, oh God. <laughs> 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 so uh if anybody wants to send us any mail you can do that by sending us to uh, send it to kaijuweekly at gmail.com or to uh at kaijuweekly on twitter that is how you get in touch with us please send us some mail because i want to include the mailbag theme and like i said last week uh even if you want to send us a letter just telling us uh what the mailbag theme is because i uh i want to see how many people can guess what the music 
for the mailbag theme where it comes from because because uh, it's a uh, it's a fun thing that I I love but probably very few people are going to get where it comes from so uh so steven <laughs> send me that let me know if you if you know what the mailbag theme where the music comes from um but yeah so with no mailbag we can go ahead and just jump into asking the next week's trivia question uh next week's ne- ne- the, 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 the avocado um, or use use your words use yeah. your words <laughs> no. uh next week's trivia question is what 1961 film featuring giant animals is set during the American Civil War? Hmm. Ooh. No idea. I forgot. I forgot we were doing this one next. I'm, I'm yes, happy. Because this is the last episode of Mech Month, at least for 2021. Uh, and we have had so much fun talking about giant mechs, giant robots of all kinds animated live action everything and all the guests that we had for mech month were a ton of fun including brandon thank you so much for being on this podcast i'm really happy i got to be on this podcast um i remember uh ages ago when you announced you were doing this podcast because we're as we said we're part of the same group on on facebook and i said hey if you want a guest it only took a couple of years but i got but i did it there's still some played people, the long game there are still some people that said they wanted to be a guest on that have not been on yet so uh, you yeah, know count yourself lucky no i'm just kidding <laughs> um so uh do you want to uh give some plugs on where people can find you online sure uh but real quickly i i just want to say i'm holding my copy of kaiju ramen issue two Ah, that's right. Uh, just opened it in the mail recently, and it's gorgeous. So, congratulations, guys! Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Uh, may can I can I ask what has been your favorite article so far? Oh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm I'm holding it. Oh, okay. Michael, I've been out, I've been out of town. His just just say it was Michael. No, no, I know. <laughs> no, I know. I know. My review of GVK was not the best. Uh, but I was just genuinely curious what his, what, what he liked in the magazine. I recently got into town, uh, got back into town, uh, just a couple days ago and I've had a really busy week. So I, I just haven't had a chance to sit down and read it, but I will tonight. I'm really excited. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to let us know what you think. I will. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that it got to you safely. I'm glad that it wasn't damaged. Um, and I'm glad that you you like it. Um, yeah, that's something that, that uh, we still have some printed copies of. So if anybody wants to get a printed copy of issue two, this is your one and only chance to get this printed copy. Uh, otherwise, it is only going to be available on digital. So make sure to go to our website. Well, until and- we release the special ed- until we release that special edition at the end of the year. Yeah, we're going to replace Kong on the cover with uh, Job of the Hut. Uh, <laughs> Star, <laughs> Star Wars joke, <laughs> special edition. Okay, um, yeah, uh, Brandon, uh, plug, plug away. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, as I said up top, I've got a lot of things. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a executive producer on the Fake Nerd Podcast Network, which, again, is a title that means absolutely nothing. Um, but uh, I'm, you, can, you can always find me on Fake Nerd Podcast which is the Mothership Show. You can find that on FakeNerdPodcast.com or on YouTube at Fake Nerd Podcast. all the socials on Fake Nerd Podcast. You can find everything. We do um, reviews, uh, reviews of movies, 
uh, when we, there's a comic book TV show, we compare the comic book to the TV show. That's always a lot of fun. We do topics, uh, geek topics. We're a lot more broad than this show, so we do a lot of a lot of uh, broad news. Uh, and then we have a book club where we talk about a comic book. It's a lot of fun. We go live every Sundays, and then the audio episode goes up the, the Monday after, unless I'm late, in which case it goes up the Tuesday after. Um, but uh, we, there's other shows there, such as Fictor Book Club, Fictor's Watch, Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade, Pause Menu. Um, those are all on YouTube and on various audio formats. But I also have another podcast called Conversation. That's just for me. That's just my podcast, part of the network still, uh, where I talk to podcasters um, about fandom and, and it's kind of helping me go through uh, my own insecurities about my own fandoms. Um, I just recorded an episode soon. I'm recording an episode soon from up from the depths, the, the YouTube channel. I don't know if you guys know who that, who they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know who that is. Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, he's a YouTuber that I really, that I really enjoy. So I'm super stoked to finally interview him. Obviously you guys are more than welcome to come on. Um, that's just a one-on-one. So it's, so it's just kind of me talking to YouTubers, YouTubers and podcasters about fandom. Check all that stuff out. That's everywhere you can find podcasts, um, both shows, fake nerd podcasts and conversation. And of course I'm BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. So there you go. Nice, nice, and uh, and like I said, uh, you know, you, if you ever want a, another nerd on your fake nerds podcast, hit me up because I am a I am a nerd about a lot of things, um, not just of giant course. monster stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, thank you again for being on the podcast and taking part, and thank you to all of the fake nerd uh, uh, hosts who have been on this this month, and thank you also to Elijah and, and Nathan who have also been on for Mech Month. Uh, we're going to be moving into what what is next month next month is our is our ketchup month that's what i'm calling ketchup month because we're catching up it's just ketchup because yeah yeah, yeah. we're we're gonna talk about our favorite ketchup spicy ketchup i love spicy ketchup Mm, wait hang on is it heinz 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 or uh french's because there is a there's a clear difference uh i always go with heinz I always go with Heinz too. Heinz is le- Heinz is less sweet than French's, I think. I agree. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, no, so next month is our <laughs> is our catch up month. Uh, so we're catching up on movies and stuff that we uh, missed when we were doing other stuff uh, this month and everything. So we've got some stuff that has come out that we haven't talked about yet. One of them being Monster Hunter that's coming up. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be doing uh, doing some of that. Uh, so we also want to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at kaiju weekly and at kaiju groupie pod all the links to our social media as well as for the kaiju groupie facebook group are listed in the description of this episode you can send questions comments or answers to trivia questions to our email kaiju weekly at gmail.com we also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported kaiju ramen magazine so far again we still have some printed issues of issue two left so if you want your own printed copy physical copy definitely get on it go to kaijuramanmagazine.com check it out uh we also have a a gamera article coming up in the next issue that's going to be written by a very special person hmm really uh, yeah really? i didn't know that that's awesome i love gamera yeah i'm excited uh, i love wait i thought we wait i didn't know we were getting a gamera article who's 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 this person that's writing the gamera article some California dude. Uh, <laughs> um, Wait, is he on this podcast right now? 
Hmm. I'm not from California. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, it's me. It's uh, me. It's me. Yes. <laughs> and we also want to say it is you. <laughs> We also want to say, if you want to help support this podcast, if you found some uh, something worthwhile from this podcast and you want to get some nice bonus content, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod. We are going to be doing another bonus episode, which is our bonus podcast, uh, Godzilla versus the Clickbait Monster, uh, where we're going to be you know, doing that sometime soon. Michael, we need to record remind you i know <laughs> i've been busy i'm sorry we've been i've been busy adult but stuff you will also when you support on patreon you won't just be supporting our bonus content and this podcast and the magazine you'll also be getting bonus content from the magazine like you know uh, sneak peeks at what's coming with the magazine things like that uh you'll also get a chance to vote on things we're going to be doing some polls on our patreon but also you will be supporting a new podcast endeavor that i am going uh into and trying out which is going to be uh, a lot of fun and i'm not going to spoil it because i don't know if it's going to work out so we're just going to say that if it works out then you'll be helping support that too so go check us out on patreon patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod it's not real unless you say its name travis well okay well that's I'm, true okay i don't want to say the name because we've changed the name like five times so what if we change this the name is at true the last this is true <laughs> If uh, that's true, that's true. It, well, I'll leave it. I'll leave it alone for right now. But there is one more thing that people can do to help support this podcast, and is going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five star review. And if you do that, we promise to read your feedback on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other kaiju, tokusatsu, and mech fans just like you. Yep. And uh, you guys are so much better at this than me. Well, we have it written. So <laughs> well, that, thank you. That's what. <laughs> well, I forgot to I forgot to mention like we have a T Public and a Patreon. I forgot to mention all that shit. <laughs> oh, well, okay. go ahead. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, go ahead. we we have we have an exclusive shirt on Patreon um, right now that we we do a, we do a thing with Patreon every three months will be a new shirt. Uh, this is the last month to get our Stephen King's Best Friend T shirt. That's at the ten dollar tier. Um, we have only three tiers: a five dollar and a ten dollar, and a if you like us, give us twenty dollars tier. Um, and then, uh, that's, that's just, a that's just, we don't really use a lot of Patreon, but the, the shirt thing is kind of the incentive. And then of course our T public, I did mention up top, we have the, I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan shirt. That's one I really mm-hmm. like. So check out T public. We got all of our logos up there and, and things like that. So that, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, no worries. Yeah. And we've got T public too, but I always forget to put it in here at the end. Um, because yeah, it, it, it's, it. The tea public thing is more just for me to have fun. So if people find it and, and purchase it, but yeah, we've got tea public that's like for our uh, was it justice for Baragon? Uh, I want to see the goo, uh, and also our <laughs> although although our uh, Team Kong Team Godzilla uh, episode was or not episode g's sure our team our team kong or team godzilla shirts were all were were really popular oh yeah those were our most those were our most popular ones um someone please Mm -hmm. buy the shirt that says don't feed the radioactive rabbits are the giant rabbits because i love that no one wants that (laughs) i know sometimes 
Sometimes you just want a shirt. Uh, some here's some my tea public started because I wanted a shirt with my logo on it, and sometimes that's really mm-hmm. all you need. Yep, yep, this that's true. that's really that's really what I do on there is like stuff that I want want to do. I prefer my Kong mechanized. That's another one. Uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, we're gonna close out this episode by saying help control the Jaeger and Kaiju population. Have your baby otachis spayed or neutered goodbye everybody (laughs) it's like awkward silence Uh, we'll just we'll just finish on awkward silence It's idiotic to put a condom on the the horse penis that is my mind.